some music i i think that's it i think that's about all i do <laughs> we got tom here hi my name is tom juba i uh i'm a song leader at a church and sometimes i message girls on tinder which means i'm definitely going to hell uh yeah. so we're all going to hell now? messaging girls at t- with tinder at church is a hell thing. Oh, yeah. I didn't know, oh, I didn't know you combined it all. Oh. I thought you just meant I message people on Tinder, so hellbound. Oh yeah, no Oxford <laughs> comma. No, yeah, it was, it was like that was a little confusing. Okay. Uh, today we have another special guest. All our guests are special. I would say she's the most special. Oh yeah. Besides <laughs> Phil Vachon, uh, yeah, very very special. Hi. Okay, so I'm Devin McNulty. Uh, I do lots of music things. Uh, Mainly, I'm in an R&B group Woo. with Josh and someone else too. Uh, We've spoken a lot about on the podcast. <laughs> um, and I'm in an acapella group, and I'm music directed, and I like corporate structures, and I want to go to culinary school. So that's me. Um. So, <laughs> so uh, as we always do with the Rosen cast, we're gonna start with day one. Devin Day One, McNasty. November 6, 1994, Boston. Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm from. Um. In- interior, Boston Medical. <laughs> Brigham and Women's. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so. Born um, 13 pounds, 8 ounces. 8 pounds and 0 ounces, 19 inches. Right on there. Oh, right you go. Right on the money. Psychic Tom. Um, but. 15 pounds, 38 inches. Oh, uh, come on. Um, yeah, so I'm from Boston. Uh, well, kind of. I'm from Milton, which is directly outside of Boston, but I say Boston because it's still on the train, um, so it makes me feel cooler. Um, yeah, I was there for, like, the first five years of my life. My parents split when I was two, um, and so, but they were both living in the area, so that was my early, early days. Um, and then when I was five, I moved out to Western Mass with my mom, but my dad still lived uh, in Milton. So I was like going back and forth all the time. So a lot of my life was spent in the car driving down I-95. Um, uh, yeah. what, what was this? <laughs> so you, you lived in Western Mass. Yeah. My mom had like primary custody, but it was technically joint custody. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We have to bring Andrew back to deal with the, uh, the, lawyer, <laughs> the lawyer stuff. It's yeah. fine. He was the lawyer on it. So it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was four. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, during your car rides, uh, there's this thing called the radio it's in most cars. I would say. Yeah. What, uh, what was pumping through it? What, so what my was daddy McNulty playing? What was mommy McNulty playing? <laughs> uh, my first memory ever, I was 
two years old and we're listening to Don't Stop by Fleetwood Mac and every one of the lines in it is like don't you look back and every single time I would just turn my head around and be like dad I'm looking back what you gonna do and he'd just be like nothing Devin but uh, but that was my earliest memory well he couldn't deal with it because he couldn't look back at you he was like oh I I follow the rules it's a song not a book of rules (laughs) Um, but yeah so Fleetwood Mac was huge Um, but when I was four or five I was watching TV alone in our apartment and there was a documentary about Paul McCartney's life um and of wings fame we'll we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) no 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 that's the truth though and I watch it and I was like oh my god dad Paul McCartney's the coolest person ever I love wings (laughs) because that's what I liked first (laughs) um and Band on the Run still a great album but uh (laughs) (laughs) anytime I eat chicken wings I just start singing Band on the Run it's it's a fact (laughs) Uh, cool yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah so like really into Paul McCartney and then when I was like later like a few months later my dad was like have you heard of the Beatles and I was like what's that you idiot <laughs> and it changed That's my like life a bug, right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like really really into the Beatles I know everyone like was but no actually they weren't because in my elementary oh, school yeah. they all made fun of me I was like the Beatles are really cool have you heard of the who what about David Bowie and they're like no we only like Backstreet Boys <laughs> yeah they're like you hear that new Aaron Carter song <laughs> where he beats Shaq in basketball <laughs> <laughs> um oh I also didn't have a TV growing up so like oh, culturally I missed a lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um you never forget the first house you go to where they have basic cable and like their favorite show is cyberspace on pbs we yeah. didn't have basic cable like, where's the guide button <laughs> and they're like what's the guide button i'm sorry about that we're sorry <laughs> well i had books you assholes so. yikes <laughs> read a lot um but yeah that's kind of what i grew up on musically and it was a lot of musical theater too i had like a little tape recorder thing that i would go around and i had um, this tape, it was like, musical theater hits, sung by kids, which is terrible, Ooh. but I thought it was awesome. Um, and I had a tape recorder thing that also had a microphone attached to it, so it would play the music, but then you could just hit a button and, like, overdub it. And I thought it was the <laughs> coolest shit, because I would just, like, walk in and be like, Jellicle, songs for Jellicle, dogs. <laughs> and I thought it was great. <laughs> Is it just, like, the, the brightly colored one with, like, the smile on the face? It didn't have a smile, but yeah, that, oh, okay, that okay. vibe. Um, and I thought it was the coolest thing. And, yeah. What? Annoyed everyone. Oh, yeah. That's Wrote great. a lot of musicals as a kid, most notably Pillow Fight, which we did at my beach house. I'm not rich. We just have a beach house in my family. Um, uh, well, we were rich pre-recession, and then shit changed. But uh, but we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. <laughs> right now, we want to go through the tragedy that is Pillow Fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wrote a musical, uh, loosely influenced by Dreamgirls. Um, and <laughs> and pillows. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. like dreams. Just pillow. replace all the drama with pillow fights. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But I wore an Annie dress just because I had one. Um, yeah, and my grandmother like directed all these shows and stuff in her because she taught a middle school and so I would go to all the shows and they'd be like, Devin's great. Why is she here? She's six. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was really cool and I like got costumes and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and that was really fun. 
one of my favorite pictures of you on Facebook is uh, it was your profile picture. It's you singing with your dad while he's playing guitar. I think. Oh yeah. What's that story? Do you oh, do you remember yeah, that at all? Yeah, totally. Whoa. Um. So my dad, my dad. Well, my parents are musicians. That's part of it. Um. My I'm gonna start with my mom because yeah. Uh, my mom was in a band for a really long time. That's how she met my dad and my first stepdad. Um, what was the band called? Biscuit, and I named it. And I thought it was nice. <laughs> um, as like a two-year-old, uh, and they would like rehearse in the basement, and they they were like vaguely angry rock, but yeah, not bi- really. Biscuit, biscuits, and angry. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, they like played an Aerosmith club in Boston a bunch, and they thought that was really cool. Probably <laughs> was, but uh, I wasn't there. Um, uh, and yeah, so there was that. My mom is a very loud singer. Um, and she's a decent songwriter, but she for a really long time was like, singing's like everything and I'm the best at it. And then I would just like be like, listen to what I did. And she would be like, okay, better luck next time, Devin. <laughs> so basically for a really long time, I just wanted to prove myself as a singer. What was her opinion of Pillow Fight? Uh, well, she wasn't there. She didn't go to that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Fancy pillow. Yeah. They're like, Dreams Girls did it better. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad uh, was also a musician and like a songwriter. And that was his big thing. Is And he like has written like over, pro- I think over a thousand songs at this point. And they're all like at least okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Yeah, and so he would, it was this place called Java Joe's, and he would go and he would, every Friday night, uh, he would, like, do a set, um, and I would get dropped off there by my mom, like, every other Friday night, and I would be there, and then he would just be, like, playing, and I would just be sitting around, I don't know, reading or writing, um, but every so often I was just like, this is my song, Dad, because there was, like, a couple that he wrote about me, mm-hmm. um, because he was like, I love you, you're my child, um, and I was like, yeah, I am, and now I'll sing it, <laughs> um, which this was... is the eighth <laughs> song called Biscuit. Biscuit <laughs> <laughs> <Get> number. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. And then elementary school was kind of just like a blur of getting bullied and being called Mevin Dicknulty, which was great. <laughs> um, Middle school, no, elementary school. Elementary was, school. Was when Dicknulty wow. started. Yeah. Did they know Dicks back did then? Or did they just like, they switched the letters of your name? Well, they them. did. And then later I turned it on them and started the swearing club, which I'm still proud of. <laughs> um, Ooh, swearing club. Let's go. Uh, is that too far ahead? Can we go there? That's fourth grade. We can go there. Okay, yeah, cool. Let's jump right to swearing club. <laughs> or maybe fifth grade. But um, yeah, I mean, oh, they, behind. <laughs> Swear club, go. Uh, behind uh, our like playground area, it was enormous. We had like two soccer fields and a ridiculously large playground. In for like a really shitty school, like we didn't deserve all that stuff. <laughs> but then behind it, uh, there was like these sand pits, and it was like attached to the dump. And so <laughs> I, so you have this amazing playground. You're like, you guys see that garbage can over here? <laughs> let's, let's play dodge the syringe. You know? <laughs> uh, West Hampton was not that cool. It was like j- dodge the animal carcass because everyone there's a hunter, um, mm. and drugs don't exist there yet um uh but yeah so i would just go hang out in the sand pits and i i was in fifth grade and female um still uh but i all these like fourth grade boys thought i was cool because i was female and they were in fourth grade um 
and I gave them the time of day. The juices start pumping. <laughs> people, people don't acknowledge the fourth grade romance, but it's just like, but you're like, you're like, you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a Rousseau like state of nature where you're just like, you're like looking at that girl like, it's definitely not happening down here, but like somewhere there, there's, I need to be accepted by this person. Uh, yeah. And so I accepted them by making them join the swearing club. And the goal of it was you had to come up with the longest grammatically correct sentence with the most swears. And we like calculated the ratio for it. I was a nerd, but when there's 16 kids in your class, being a nerd is vaguely cool because the teachers give you A's and everyone else is struggling. Um... <laughs> Uh, but then we get to the end of sixth grade and you got to pick whether or not you wanted to do music. And I was like, well, of course I do because, uh, music wasn't huge in my elementary school, but I like, oh shit, I skipped stuff. Sorry. Um, when I was eight, I started like taking guitar lessons, um, and didn't really like it, but it was because like the Beatles, like they played guitar and I was like, oh, Uh cool. I want to learn how to do that. And I learned Norwegian wood first because most of the song is just an open strum. And so I thought that was awesome. I thought you were like, I tried to learn the sitar part on the guitar. Didn't work out, so I didn't really like guitar lessons. Um, it was one of my, my friend's moms and I just like couldn't take her seriously because I was mean. Um, and then I started taking piano lessons and I actually started to like that. Mm -hmm. Problem was my mom was my teacher. Um, and I quickly was like better than her at it because I was, I'm very into music theory and have always been. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of like I sat down with her and like broke up with her as a piano teacher. I was like, mom, I'm not going to stop playing piano, but you're going to stop teaching me. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then I kept playing piano and the rest was like self-taught, but that was that. And then it was time to pick back to sixth grade. It was time to pick whether I wanted to join chorus or band. And I'd been singing forever. I wasn't really that good at it at that point, mm. but I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll join chorus. My mom was like, that's lame. You should do band. I was like, mom, you're a singer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, her least favorite instrument is the flute. So, oh naturally. yeah, we do it. Oh, I'm so proud of Mevin right at this point. <laughs> so she was like, "You have to join band," and I said, "Fine, but I'll learn flute." And she said, "Okay, you can join chorus." So I never actually learned oh, okay. it, but it just a threat. Um, but then I joined chorus in seventh grade, and it kind of changed everything because my chorus teacher who becomes problematic later but at the beginning was very inspiring and like taught me how to read music um and taught me the importance of solfege and like all that stuff that you know is relatively nerdy but i think the core of why music is a language and why it's not just like a thing that we partake in um and like i learned all that stuff and it really changed my life and thank you miss phelps but um yeah, so that happened, and then I found people who also liked music, because I went to, like, a really small elementary school, but then middle school started in seventh grade, and it was seventh through twelve of regional school, so I was with people from, like, 45 minutes away and stuff, but there were actually people in the area, so mm. I had friends for once, and it wasn't just freaking Ian Barber competing against me in the National Geography Bee, because that was my only friend. Hi, Ian. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so then I started joining... Am I going too fast? No, no, this no. Is, it's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going All right. Um, but then, okay, so I joined chorus, seventh and eighth grade, and it was, like, really important, and I was singing all the time, and... I remember they were like talking about like do re mi and there was and she said it sometimes helps if you write in the solfege for your part underneath 
your part in the score. And I was like, great, I'll do it for every single part. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was dumb because I was singing alto and most of it was just so anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so I like was just like really analyzing the music without even knowing like what analysis mm-hmm. was. Um, and so I did that. And then my kind of a... So, so you're doing this at this point. Uh, middle school, you're going to start straying from your wings and your Beatles. You're obviously still going to be oh, there. right. But what do you... What's what's middle school Devin listening to? What's what's her music of choice at this point? Bowie. Um. <laughs> Is that like just Bowie? I mean, I know my middle school was just Beatles, but are you just doing Bowie? Just it was like Bowie and Queen. Um, still into musical theater, uh, and you know, I, I started getting into like choral music, like you know, like Whitaker mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there was there was a decent amount of just, like, good old pop in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I would, like, listen to the radio. I thought Lily Allen was really cool. Um, and then, like, early Ingrid Michaelson, she was cool because she was a singer and was, like, doing harmonies and stuff. And that is really important to me because as a singer and someone who believes vocal work is the most important thing. Yeah, I didn't even know that that was why, but... Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's really interesting that even before you're like, oh, I love music theory and I love all this stuff. You're like, I'm just gonna write in all the part, all like the solfege to all the parts. <laughs> yeah. And like, even if you don't understand that, at one point you're gonna start seeing a pattern where like, oh, I'm just writing so all the time for alto. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird way of learning a language. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever read Tarzan. Like the book, Red Tarzan. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, really cool book, but like, there's this one section where Tarzan, the baby, after he like crashes on the island, when he grows up, starts like learning English just through reading the book. Hmm. And I don't know, like, grasping language mm-hmm. is such a, it's such a hard thing to do. And I'm just taking music theory one now, so understanding music as actually a language and kind of your first. You know, you're saying mama and papa, but actually you're saying, like, the solfege is kind mm-hmm. of interesting seeing Yeah, because I, like, learned the alphabet before I knew how to speak it, which is... Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... But anyway, my, uh... Through music, probably. Beethoven, right? The, the A, B, C, D? Is that Beethoven? No? The alphabet the, song. The alphabet the, song? Yeah. That's, that's Mozart. Mozart. It's cool. All the same guys. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Mozart, baby. Same guy. Um, but so my... It was the first chorus concert of my eighth grade. Uh, I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, I was, I was so into it. Um, I, like... I was in the, like, special select choir or whatever, and I had been doing, like, junior districts and stuff um, and, like, getting into all of those as an alto, which was really fun. And what, uh, what was Ian doing? Ian Barber? Yeah. Uh, track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He comes yeah, back, that. though. He comes back, oh, guys. Oh, I'm so excited. I got yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh... <laughs> uh Sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so I, like, did a setting for... I, like... So I like that was the first time I like arranged anything ever. It was like very very small, and I just like wrote like another harmony on something. But then we performed it in a show, and I was like, oh my god, it's like my work. I did like I translated something and like did a setting of it, and I like soloed on two of the songs in that concert. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, I'm running this, <laughs> um, and it was a lot of fun. And then, but we were 
I mean, it was a middle school group, so we went early in the night, and then later in the night, the high schoolers would perform. Mm. And then I heard the select choir sing, the, like, select high school choir sing this song called How Could Anyone Ever Tell You? Um, It's, like, just, like, this simple, mainly three-part acapella piece. uh, And I heard it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so freaking cool. I love singing. I want to do it forever. Um, And that's kind of when I knew that I was like, I'm going to be a singer. That's it. Um, and is this your first acapella like arrangement that you're seeing? Yes, uh, I think that was the first one that I saw live. I, I listened to like Sweet Honey and the Rock and stuff, but I was it was like peripherally. I was never like, whoa, let me focus like zone in on this. Um, yeah, and it was that was it. That was the I was sold. Um, and then I got into the like select. Qu- sorry, sorry guys, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. I got into the select choir my freshman year and I was the only freshman who was in it and I thought I was really cool because of that. Um, I wasn't, but I wasn't the weakest link, so that felt good. <laughs> you, you were cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, no, I was an asshole for most of this time. I get cool and nice later, vaguely, but I was like an asshole. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's middle school. Um, uh, high school, right? Is it? Now we're in high school. Now we're in high now school. In high school. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and, I mean, everyone, you're high schoolers. <laughs> you're just like mean and awful to each other. So um, but we, uh, but then my freshman year, I they started a, an acapella group in the high school, and I was like, oh, this is great. Now I can audition for an acapella group and like actually do stuff. Um, but my parents were like, no, you need to focus on school because you have to get to college. And I was like heartbroken, but it was fine. And I didn't do acapella my freshman year. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it was kind of just a weird year. I was like focusing on school and I realized that that wasn't going to be my thing. I'm like, I'd always been like an academic kid, mm-hmm. but just out of the fact that I could and out of the fact that I was trying to like, that I'm competitive and I wanted to win. And so I was like, I know what I can win at, not sports. How about grades? Um, and so then like I started to transfer that into music and then sophomore year came, and that was, like, probably the most life-changing year that I had. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So I auditioned again for the acapella group because my parents finally were like, all right, we'll let you give it a go. Got in. Which was, was, was were both parents in agreement, like, you can't do it. You got to go to college. Uh, it was my mom. And my dad, I, did, I was living with my mom mainly, and she yeah. is aggressive and so my dad was like okay I'll, whatever yeah, she never um, really got over pillow fight it's <laughs> um <laughs> but uh but yeah so the mom I, in this slumber party is very cranky and i understand what you're doing Devin McNulty. <laughs> basically yeah uh but yeah so then i got into the acapella group and i got the, my first acapella solo ever which was just dance by lady gaga and we never performed it oh. but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I learned it and it was cool. We sang it in rehearsal once. Um, uh, uh, but anyway, so in high school, what I was, I back to the thing that it was regional. All of my friends at this point lived in other towns. Um, and I lived in West Hampton, which is like this tiny place. And I didn't really have any friends in the area who were doing music or were in my friend group. Um, 
And so when I took the bus to school every morning, uh, I was also on a short bus, not because of other reasons, but because (laughs) I lived on a very small road and that's the only one that could go on my road. Um, yeah, so, it's all right. It's all right. No, one's, no one's making any The more you try to prove it the other way. Yeah. They, they can't see you on the podcast. So. Yeah. True, true. I'm crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so I got an iPod pretty early on. Or no, I got an iPhone really early and I thought it was cool. So I would like put on my music on it and show it off and be like, does your phone have music? And they'd be like, yeah, 15 seconds of it. And I was like, they're how? they're ringtones. <laughs> um, but I, I had all this music and... Uh, the most complicated technical thing I've ever done in my life was the first phone I had was the Juke. I don't know if you remember that yes, phone. I remember the Juke. The Juke. It like, it like flipped up like yeah, this. It was weird. It was like, it was weird shaped. It was... <laughs> but it was like supposed to be like the music phone. But like iTunes is really user friendly. Mm-hmm. It's a really good user interface. <laughs> the Juke, you had to like... I... I... I have no idea how you actually had to do You had to like plug in your phone to it and then you had to go to a website and like put the music on the website and the website would go through here and you had to like know your past. It was really complicated to get like 10 megabytes of music on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one thing. I listened to Rubber Soul. It was Rubber Soul all the time and I think it was only three songs on Rubber Soul because I couldn't get <laughs> the entire album but Drive My Car pretty great song <laughs> pretty, pretty good <laughs> yeah I listened to that album all the time too I was when I was November is this month called National Novel Writing Month NaNoWriMo um, and when I was in sophomore year of high school, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to write a novel. And I did. Um, and I was like, it's about music. It's about, like, a group of people who, like, goes to London and they, like, are staying in, like, basically I, I pre-discovered Airbnb, but um, <laughs> uh, they're what, staying in this random year, apartment. What year is this? This is my sophomore year of high school. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just trying to be like, because if you, like, wrote your novel, like, you're, like, in middle school or a expect more fantasy you know, you'd be like oh no I read Catch from the Rye by now so like, they're in this abandoned apartment Go on. Yeah. but they're in this like shitty apartment and then like you know two people like go to hook up in a closet um, and they like hit a wall accidentally and oh my god there's a whole nother world oh, so that was <laughs> yes. but instead of it being like an alternate universe it was just more apartment and <laughs> oh, no 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 but, <laughs> but it's just filled with all these like music artifacts and it's like you know I it, they had like rooms for every single instrument there was like a trumpet room and it was like it had like all of like Miles Davis's like old stuff um and like you know they're like oh my god this is the guitar that they recorded while my guitar my guitar gently weeps on and like this is the guitar they gently wept upon (laughs) (laughs) real um but yeah and I was like really getting into Clapton and like I thought Cream was really cool um and Van Halen and I listened to a lot of like old music just in general because I wasn't sold on what was happening contemporary music um so that was like what was on my iPod when I was writing that um and then my dad just gave me a lot of music and somewhere in there he slipped in Justin Timberlake um and so I'm on the bus one morning and the song Summer Love comes on um just on shuffle good old shuffle like the fourth track right it's like no no no, 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 no. it's way down there yeah it's like seven eight. or eight yeah yeah, yeah. but it shows fourth up it's my love it's a lot of love on <laughs> yeah um but anyway so summer love comes on and i'm just like kind of in like a shitty mood because it's 6 a.m and i have school reasonably um and this song comes on and i was just like holy shit this is the <laughs> coolest music i've ever heard <laughs> um and i was sold uh, right away, but then 
uh, the set the mood prelude because mm-hmm. on some versions it's like attached to a different song, but on yeah. the one that I had, it was like at the end of Summer Love. Um, and I heard it and I was like, this is the coolest track I've heard in my whole life. This is it. This is it. Um, because it's just like it's pretty simple there's like the like little dun, 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 dun line mm-hmm. and then like vocals and snaps and that's basically it um and when i because i was in acapella and i was like starting to arrange actual pieces for my group um and you know i was at that time listening to like regina specter as well and like you know ingrid michaelson cerebrellis like mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff so it was like you know piano guitar vocals like pretty not like wildly produced stuff. Yeah. Um, and like I knew the song like Sexy Back and My Love. Like I've, I'd heard those, uh-huh. um, but I'd never like really paid attention to them because it was just background music. But then I heard that and I was like, oh my gosh. And so for like weeks, all I listened to was Future Select's Love Sounds. <laughs> um, and you, what I've been getting from it, you weren't really into the modern scene. I mean, we, we've been, it was always like, yeah, you would hear it in the back or you yeah. Did you like NSYNC prior to that? Like, you knew the Justin Timberlake like, name. It was a name to know. But were you at, were you at all a fan of his work at all? But Or did this just happen? I loved the song Bye 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 because when I was five in a shitty summer camp and all I listened to was Wings, um, uh, someone, like, played... Uh, oops I did it again and bye 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 and this and they were like this is modern music and I was like I like those two more of that um and then but then they were like okay we, we don't have it. <laughs> um because it was on a juke yeah and You're so the only two I have on my hit clips <laughs> I can't do anything more <laughs> um but yeah and so like I knew of their existence and I was vaguely team in sync but I didn't really have enough of an opinion about it to mm. say anything you didn't have a favorite no, I mean, I was, I was like, the, the Justin one seems nice, but... Uh, I like J.C. Chavez. I don't know what he's doing anymore. But ain't nothing. That sucks. It's a bummer. He, like, know. went into production for a little, but... That's cool. That's um, <laughs> still has money, though. Yeah. Um, more than we ever will. Um, <laughs> buy, buy, buy money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Future Sex Love Sounds. Yeah. The most important album of your life. Yes, but I only realized that a few months ago. Well, a few weeks ago, yeah. when you guys asked me. <laughs> when we made you do this, it was the most important album of your life. Before you go into the album, do you want to discuss the choice? Do you want to see, like, I just, I, like what were the other choices? What happened that you're like, were, were you on the subway and then just like a bird flew by and just like called Justin? You're like, you're right. <laughs> what happened? Like, oh my God, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, so... We're jumping around a bit here, but I'm currently in an acapella group called The Mixtapes. Um, oh, we don't know about that one. <laughs> um, and I'm the music director and one of the like main arrangers for it. And one of our good friends, Erica, was like, oh, I feel like we should do like a Justin Timberlake medley. And I was listening to a lot of like Pentatonix and Superfruit, and they had been doing evolutions of different artists. And uh, so I arranged the evolution of Justin Timberlake that starts with NSYNC and goes through his whole career, uh, up to what, what we had at the time, which was, uh, 2020. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, just like, I'd always known that I wanted to get into his music because it was so, it, I mean, it was candy. It was, the production was always so gorgeous and so was all of the vocal work, mm-hmm. um, because, everything every line was planned and you could tell even if it wasn't like written down he like knew what he was doing when he recorded it um and and so when i like got to unpack it i was like so into it and we started working on it again 
this like recently this semester um and i was talking about the song losing my way which is like the random non-sex based track <laughs> um and uh it's the one every time people are like i don't even know this one like, you should probably you should check it out i, I was i was gonna say one of the coolest things I, I would recommend people who are listening right now to do is would listen to the album and then listen to your arrangement of it because you could actually see how important this album is to you as an artist and an arranger because like yeah like the way you use losing your way is a really interesting like transition and <laughs> losing your way is like definitely not one of the hits but it's such a good song and like mm -hmm. once you like really delve into his catalog what a what a really important song we we'll get into this as we get into the mm -hmm. album but you were telling me the other day like as we we're talking about the podcast yeah like, what an important song for that time and the fact that yeah like it's this future sex love sounds but also losing your way is on there and it's it's really I, I I would just recommend you're, if you listen to the album listen to it's like 11 minutes it's it's a it's a cool it's a cool cool uh, evolution medley oh oh yeah but yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah you're, you're, we're not like losing my way 11 minutes song I was no. like that's yeah. I wouldn't put it past Timberlake to write an 11 minute song yeah fair but fair considering lost, 2020 lost his way for so long <laughs> but I mean I was hearing one of our friends Hannah talk about the song and she was like yeah it's like a really cool song they have like a children's choir going and just like scream and it's not scream they're singing beautifully um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> no I just picture them like ah, losing yeah. my way ah. <laughs> um this just can't be summer <laughs> but um yeah, and I just heard her talk about it, and then I was like, oh, I guess, I guess I'll like re-listen to, you know, Future Sex Love Sounds, maybe. And then it just, I re-listened to the whole album, and I realized that the whole, everything I've done since I heard that album has been affected by that, and in ways that I didn't know. Um, I kind of fell into making R&B randomly, um, because <laughs> uh, at some random party, uh, Josh, who owns this thing. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> he, he's the rose part of the party. Rose. He, I would even go so far to say he's the Anne part. <laughs> you're, you're all the Anne. Uh -huh. <laughs> Who's cast? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was at a party, Josh, myself, and this guy, Ian. We, I, it's, we're... We fucking have to talk about on every podcast episode <laughs> so far. It's, it's okay, like, he... It's not like he's ever going to listen to it, so it doesn't... Like, we don't want to inflate his ego at all, so it's like, it's fine. It's, it's cool. But we... I think drunkenly, I don't remember the conversation. I don't think any of us do. We're like, they should make music together. This is like, this will work. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a conversation <laughs> college students work. Um, and yeah. I said that about our own relationship before. Anything. <laughs> Anything. This will work. Um, I don't remember that, but I do remember the first time that we were actually working on music and we uh, uh, wrote this track called Mason Jar, um, which was really yeah. cool. I still have the recording. On my phone. The, like, first the one? first time. Oh, yeah. dude, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. But we just started writing it, and it worked. Like, I don't know, the three of us click. Um, yeah. And so that was really cool. And then uh, at the same time, I mean, this was, like, late fall 2013, um, around the same time that Beyonce dropped Visual Album, which is also really huge. Not the most influential album in my life, but still important. Um yeah. So I can't yeah, not mention can't it. Talk about that one though. <laughs> <Yeah>. What album? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, it's just huge. Uh, but uh, but yeah, 
but yeah, I mean, that came out and I was like listening to that a lot and then we were writing a lot and I kind of just fell into R&B, but Future Sex Love Sounds is like branded as a pop album, but I mean, it's barely a pop album. It's pop because it was successful because it was Justin Timberlake, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but like, I mean, it was produced by Timbaland, Will I Am, and Rick Rubin, um, mm-hmm. mainly Timbaland though. But uh, <laughs> we're tracking Rick Rubin. Timbaland's like, who are those other people? <laughs> um, uh, Rick Rubin did another song all over again. Oh, okay. Um, because he was Justin Timberlake was like, like I don't know, let's do something the opposite of what I did with Timbaland, and uh-huh. so they wrote that, and it is exactly that. And Rick Rubin's like, I could do anything <laughs> all the time. Exactly. Oh, which one was Will I Am? Was uh, Damn Girl. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where he was on it. The one where he was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, William. Yeah, what, where the, f- what the fuck was I talking about? Right, so I don't even know. We were just going over the different choices that you had to make. I mean, like, I'm sure like PDX Volume One or Volume Two was on there. Oh, different choices. Yeah, there, there was a. It's a tough choice. I like talking about it every time, just because. I mean, I'm pretty sure the narrative of this podcast is me figuring out what my album is, and every time I listen to it, because I, I mean, like right now I got my choice, but if we were ever to like interview me, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's a fucking shitty choice. I would oh. just like I'm just. I'd mull over it for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I like the decision that it's going mm-hmm. to it. But, going back, first listen, uh, sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. you listen to it, listen to it all the time, where are we venturing from there? What What do you start doing? Are you starting, like, harvesting music? Do you start, like, writing music that's like that? What's... So I, I started writing a lot of music, and I uh, was signed to a record label, Coexistence Records, which no longer exists. Um, it was a very small record label. It did not coexist well with <laughs> the other record label. <laughs> um, I was one of their very few and first artists, um, and last as well. Uh, but uh, we recorded this song called Hope of Romance, which is nothing like Justin Timberlake, but um, very much in the vein of the Ingrid Michaelson stuff. Do you, do you still have that track? Do you have it? It exists. Where's the track? Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Links in links in the doobly doo. Found our ending track. <laughs> oh, for romance, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, very Ingram. I'm But yeah, I mean, I got from directly from that. I got really into writing, and I, you know tried to put out an EP. It took me three years to finish it, and it's shitty, but um, <laughs> it exists uh, uh, with, like, three original songs and two covers, because that's what I could handle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, like, got into that kind of stuff, and then I, because of, like, my interest in, like, production... Oh, okay. So, at one point, around the same time that I was listening to it, my mom was like, what do you actually want to do with your life? Because I was confused and knew that the answer was music. And I said that I wanted to be a producer, which hasn't actually come up again until very recently. But she said, well, why? And um, she was, she played me one of her songs that she had written because my parents are both songwriters, uh, not pursuing it in any way, shape or form anymore, but uh, they still do it. Um, is, she, is she still in Biscuit? Uh, no, Biscuit died, but... Oh, that's off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a trio of her and two of her male college friends, so Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Womp womp. <laughs> but, uh, 
but uh so she plays me the song and she was like okay well you want to be a producer what would you do with this and i said well i mean you need a beat and you need strings um and which which is was from future sex love sounds because there's so there's like strings all over that mm -hmm. but it's done so well and like so yeah. often strings are gimmicky but like the way that it's done in there is like beautiful and you're like oh yeah of course you use strings fucking i think she knows is a great is a great you're interlude like, like, yeah you've heard love stone <laughs> <laughs> you want this sound yeah yeah for me like the like I, when i was first getting into music a couple years ago uh when I first heard My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I just, I think I added like eight words. <laughs> but yeah. well, the first time he says, add the strings for dramatic and the strings come in. Oh my God. Isn't that just the best feeling <laughs> yeah. you've ever yeah. had to your body? Yeah. Oh, um, fucking great. And so I think that the idea of like production kind of, you know, I, I kind of put it to the wayside because I got really into acapella because that is still huge in my life. Surprise, mm. surprise. Um, but just like kind of understanding how music is put together. Uh, Justin Timberlake is the first artist that I like believed that he actually got what he was doing and so that Ooh, was that <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what time we're at I don't even know what I'm talking about no, anymore no, no, you just keep going no, eventually we're like yeah no, there's, this is amazing this is really, is it? <laughs> really cool I'm, I'm really enjoying this just cause I don't, so far I would say uh, you are one of the most intellectual musicians we've come out like and <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it would make sense. The most important album is the first time that you realized a music could be smart, and you know, not even music, like music could be thought through, and it's not just like you bang a drum and then it echoes through the cave, like oh, that's how yeah. they made me. That's it. You know? Yeah. Like I remember for a long time, my favorite movie was Billy Madison, mm -hmm. the Adam Sandler movie, because <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, that's all movies do. And then my junior year, I saw Annie Hall. And I was like, oh my, oh, comedies could do all of these things. Mm -hmm. They could be smart in every way possible. I don't need to be an idiot anymore. Mm -hmm. and that, like, that was life-changing. Had, had you seen anyone, like, break the fourth wall until Annie Hall? Like, I, I read Deadpool. That, like, <laughs> but you'd be like, uh, here's the fourth wall. And, like, I pooped into it. Like, it was, it was never, like, it was never yeah. the same. But, no, no, this is, I'm, I'm glad we're up. I'm glad we're here. This is cool. I'm enjoying this so far. Uh... So you're doing acapella, you're the musical director at, and you apply to NYU, why? So... Unless I, I'm skipping over it. If I skipped over no, so you can go back. No, but. I mean, I did a lot of choir stuff. That's really all. Oh, my uh, my choir teacher kind of like checked out towards the end. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't get to Ian Barber. We have to get to Ian Barber. And we also got into why <laughs> Mrs. Phelps became yeah, problematic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she, okay. she just kind of got... I mean, a lot of it was because of stuff that was happening in her life. So I don't like... I don't hold harbor any resentment towards her for it mm. but um she kind of just dropped off the face of the earth and so she i enrolled in all of her classes and taught a lot of them um what? What? <laughs> like they didn't get a new teacher well she, like, she Devin knows a lot of things <laughs> well she she was there she went to school every day and would sit in her office and not do her job and would just be like hey dev you want to run rehearsal and so I just kind of ran the choir program. It's kind of cool, though. Well, I mean, like, it's kind of <laughs> shitty, but it's kind of cool. And I, like, some, I, tr like, I did an internship so that I could teach her middle school classes, too, because it was, like, all in the same thing. And I, I don't even know what other, I think I took, like, physics and music. That was it. <laughs> this is, 
in such a juvenile way, so voyeuristic. But what was what was going on with her? If you don't mind me asking, you could you could you could pledge not. She to was them. coming to terms with her sexuality, and uh, there was some stuff with her kids and her grandkids and like health. Um, yeah, that's what was going on with her. Fuck. But oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's a cool lady though. Um, <laughs> you still talk to her? Or you still still in contact? No, no. But like any time that we do talk, it's like it's good. It's well, good. Okay. Does it? She became problematic, but like not like like in a way that you still care about her. She's still that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And for for a while, it wasn't just me. Like I mean, there's there's some other there were other like <laughs> there were a series of blonde proteges that she had. She was also blonde. Um, there was. Rory, who was two years older than me, and Sarah, who was one year older than me, and we kind of all did that for three years, and we mm. just, like, took care of the department for her. So, she, I mean, I just was doing that a lot, and so, like, teaching was really important, and, you know, I was picking all the repertoire, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that happened a lot, and I was also directing, at that point, I became music director of my high school acapella group, The Incinerators. Hell yeah, there are three puns. Um, and uh, what were the, sorry, what were the, <laughs> so incinerator is the obvious one. Incinerator, incinerator, because we're an acapella group, and our mascot was the Raiders. Incinerators, it's disgusting. Oh man, uh, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, that's right. Yikes is right. Yeah, but uh, I wish Alyssa was here instead. <laughs> oh, we had to cut that too. I'm sorry. Okay. You <laughs> said it by yourself, so it's okay. you stop her. Um, but yeah, so I was directing that group as well, uh, arranging a lot of stuff, um, and we competed on this uh, like television show, um, which was a lot of fun, and it was cool because we sang my arrangement of Rolling in the Deep on TV, and I was like the soloist on it, and it was like a big deal for me. Um, and it was fun because it was on TV. Yeah, um, yeah super cool. But uh, yeah, and we like didn't advance that far in the competition, but we advanced more than once, so um, that was nice. But anyway, Ian Barber. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, get right to that. Um, so we. Oh, this is I didn't even. Whoa. So I, <laughs> I'm remembering all the shit, guys. Yes. But. Uh, I used to go to Cajun Zydeco festivals all the time and like bluegrass festivals. You just said a bunch of words. I, no <laughs> yeah, I don't even. It's it like, me... like you said something backwards. <laughs> <laughs> just to, like picture old men with like washboards um, and like wash tub bases and banjos. And it's Cajun Zydeco? Cajun? Oh. Cajun. Okay. Cajun. Like from the bayou. Got Zydeco it. is, I don't even know what that means. Um, it's a magical wizard that fought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean like, and then bluegrass. So like, you know, like Punch Brothers is the like newer version of that. But then there's like infamous string dusters and, you know, Don of the Buffalo. I'm just listing people. Yeah, but, you know, all these people. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, there was a lot of that. And Ian was like a good family friend during the weekends that we went on festivals because like our families would go camping together. Um but we hated each other. But, we, you know, he was my nemesis in elementary school. Yeah, and then by like by high school, when we were, like, drinking and smoking, we were like, we, we can be friends, right? Um, and he's just like, I know the capital of Paraguay. It's Belize. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you idiot. It's Azerbaijan. But, um, is, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I would have done very poorly. It sounds like, it sounds like a cheese. It's, uh, a, it's another country, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> to all but, our Azerbaijan listeners. <laughs> We were trying to name the 50 states, like, do the thing where you write them all down. I got to, like, 38, and I was like, I'm dumb. <laughs> states and capitals, let's go. But, uh... Capitals, damn. <laughs> but, <See>? uh... <laughs> it's 
for Colorado. Go on. Uh, um, uh, but yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I don't really know why, but at one of the, he was like singing along to like his dad playing guitar because we had all these like jam sessions after the music itself at the festival ended. We all just like hung out and like played music. Um, and he was like singing along to it. And I was like, hey, you like don't suck. Have you thought about auditioning for the Incinerators? And he was like, I don't know, probably not. But like I convinced him to do it. And he did and he got in. And so like he was in my acapella group senior year and like, you know, didn't know anything about reading music by the end, not the strongest reader, but like could do it and was not the worst. And like, I like had so much faith in him and he like came through. We like proposed to his, we promposed to his girlfriend, like as an acapella group because he like loved it so much. (laughs) Um, He rapped on love the way you lie. And I'm like proud of him for that. I don't, he's probably like doing real things now. (laughs) What a wonderful thing that happened in your, I mean, like, obviously beat you in sixth grade and we should all remember that (laughs) (laughs) believe me i do yeah every night uh yeah that's that's yeah yeah. so that's that's that um but so so we're going on you applied at nyu because teaching uh i applied at nyu because i've always known that i was going to go to nyu not because of any other reason it was like nyu is my dream school and i was reading like my diary and stuff from when i was eight and i was like can't wait to go to nyu when i knew nothing about it and didn't know what i wanted to do with my life but i've just known that it was nyu same and i mean i never wrote about it but yeah the same yeah and like (laughs) the the first the first musical i was ever in was annie and there was one guy who was in the audience it was my sister's friend dave berg and he went to NYU. And so I was singing to Dave Berg the entire time. And he went to NYU. So in like my freshman year when everybody was asking, where are you going to go? I was like, uh, Dave Berg went to NYU. I'm going to go to NYU. So, yeah. Thanks, Dave. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just kind of came here accidentally. And then I really liked the color purple. So that was part of it, too. Same. <laughs> color. was awesome in the color purple. <laughs> Uh, um, but anyway, that peeing scene—I you know, have not seen that movie. Yeah, that peeing scene. You can cut that, but we're gonna—we're not gonna scene. cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I—I I get in, like didn't expect to do it, didn't expect to get in. My family was poor at this point, so I didn't expect that we could afford it. But randomly, we could um, because they like Steinhardt came through with the money. Um, nice. Pop pop. Uh, and I was like enrolled as a music education student. Um, learned very quickly when I came here that I didn't like music education, but I did really like music. Um, so I was, you know, doing all the theory stuff and I wanted to do that. And I like considered about going to vocal performance or going into like an individualized program or whatever. Still kind of lost TBH, uh, barely, I, I don't really want to graduate, but I know that I have to on paper. So we'll figure that out. But, um, (laughs) uh, Hey, so you come to NYU, but point being, you go, you know, go through some shit, because it's college. And I... Music, like, we did the acapella. So one of the big deciding factors was what was the acapella community like at these schools because I knew that I wanted to do it. And I heard about this group called the Enharmonics and I was like, oh my God, they're so cool. They do ICCAs. And I like was tweeting at them and like on my social game and we like were talking and I was like, I'm gonna get into this group. It's gonna be great. NYU sealed. Um... And so I audition and I get a call back and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Everything's awesome. Flying (laughs) high. I like, you know, just chilling, you know, it was great. And I didn't get into the group. Mm. And 
I was fucking devastated because I was just like convinced that I was like, that was it. And I didn't, I auditioned for like one other group that I, and I didn't get into. And I was like, I thought, oh, I I mean, there's still auditions for the mixtapes, but like, I think they're kind of shitty. I don't want to audition. And so I didn't audition that year. Um, And then I had a year off uh, from the acapella world, figured out a lot of shit about myself. Um, Was in like a very long-term relationship and that was very important. Um, Listened to a lot of Bon Iver, a lot of Pearl Jam. Uh, Can't talk about Bon Iver. We already did We already did that, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 but the the second, not for Emma, the (laughs) self-title. We didn't talk about that one, yeah. But, uh, But yeah, so that happened and then I was like at the end of the year I was like fuck it I really or I did a show with two people who were in the mixtapes and they were like it's really cool um you should come hear us and I did at one point and I was like oh like they're like fun and like good all right whatever I guess I'll give them a try next year um I and then I was auditioning for other groups my sophomore year as well and I got into the mixtapes thankfully but I kind of threw my other auditions because I was like I feel like I just am supposed to be in the mixtapes like same it was the same feeling that I had about like going to NYU um and so I did that and I got in and I'm here and I became music director well assistant music director in a semester and music director within the year which was my goal because I'm a fucking ambitious person and I suck but um you you think Sam Rising's gonna listen to this no you're pretty much the music director the first year yeah I was I was what's he doing he's quiet actually I don't know but sorry Sam (laughs) sounds up sounds up but uh, (laughs) but yeah so I was arranging a lot really important people changed my whole life yeah and now i'm just making music and hey, that's us. yeah it's one of you i'm not in concrete royalty <laughs> <laughs> i know everyone's gonna ask like oh tom must be in that group <laughs> he talks about ian pretty often <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and so we're working on our second album finishing it up yep um and it's like it's like the best music I think I've ever worked on and that feels really good and you know the mixtapes are the best I think they've ever sounded and it's my last year with them and like I just see it's it's like tough to think about like leaving that because acapella like it's basically I mean I could do professional acapella but Mm -hmm. it sucks (laughs) like the the feel just isn't the same and it's like scary to think about leaving that but that is what I have to do and so I'm gonna you know, go out with a bang because the group, I mean, we've come really far in the past three years. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't to toot my own horn, but I'm definitely part of that. And, uh, thank you. Agreed. Josh is nodding. My head nodding <laughs> is, is an agreement. Uh, <laughs> um, Just up the levels on that, like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. A couple, couple oh, DBs yeah. on the head nod. <laughs> Um, but yeah. And so, you know, that's really important to me. And then Concrete Royalty is the name of the band that i'm in right now and i really like the music that we're making uh before we go <laughs> yeah i just think like as i said earlier this intellectual idea of music which i, I not even i think I, intellectual is such a dirty word i would just say almost a mathematical mathematical architectural just down to like the linguistics of music it's it's a, it's a way of learn like learning music and looking at music that a lot of people don't look at and most people when they like when they pick up the guitar they're thinking of Mick, uh, Mick Jagger they're not thinking of anything classical or anything any of the mechanics would you say even though you know the math of it do you still think there's still the magic in music do you still think do you do you think even though it's so structured there's still some beauty in there just do that just as a as a going phrase whatever you want to so my first day of college one of my professors said, 
welcome to NYU, welcome to the music program. This is going to ruin 80% of music for you, but it's going to make that remaining 20% so much richer. <laughs> and it's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I recently wrote a paper on like riffing and why riffing is important and what, you know, across all genres, um, like talking about Charles Mingus's moaning and stuff like that, but like, yeah, uh, oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the fact that music can still like make you like stank face and like seize up and you're like dancing and you didn't realize it. That's, that's what it does. That's the magic of it. I mean, yeah, you can, it's great that you can go in and be like, I know why this is happening. That's why it's cool. There's a lot of formulaic music that doesn't do that, but the stuff that does that is so much richer because then you get why it's doing it. And so that's why I think theory matters. <laughs> knowledge <laughs> <laughs> all right cool yeah no yeah no fucking great it's, it's definitely a scary thing i mean i know when i first got into music theory everyone was like oh you're a playwright doing this we're all musicians and we don't want to do this and it just seemed like <laughs> this weird moment so when i hear from people that like they enjoy music theory i like spreading the word it's a cool thing but thank you for the album future sex love sounds by justin timberlake Debbie McNulty of Concrete Royalty, of her own fame. You could check out her song, Hopeful Romantic. <laughs> sure, that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for having me, no, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. That was really fun. Sleep into my bed again in my club.